This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome into Health Matters right here on CNA 938. I'm Daniel Martin, and I've got your health on my mind. We've often heard about eat this, it's good for you. Eat that, it's good for you. Dietary advice comes, and we all know that moderation is the key at the end of the day. I've got a new acronym that could be helpful in terms of what the science and research is showing in terms of what you could be eating that could make a difference to your lifestyle. And that's WFPB. Stands for whole food, plant-based. Could a plant-based diet really help you fight chronic diseases and increase your longevity? I'm finding out more on today's edition as I speak to Serene Tan, who's a dietitian out of Kutek Pot Hospital. We're going to learn more about what this concept of a plant-forward diet really is all about and how you don't potentially have to, like, switch cold turkey into it every day. could be something you ease into gradually one or two days a week, and you could still see health benefits. Welcoming Serene to the show. Hi, Serene. Thanks for being here. Hi, sir. Hi, hi, uh, Daniel. Thanks for having me here. Good to be on board. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the idea. Okay, so we love our acronyms in Singapore. Huh? Now we got one more. Yeah. WFPB. Mm. Now, I want to talk about what does whole food plant-based mean and how mm. does it compare to like, we've heard about vegan diet. We've heard about mm. plant-based diet and things like that. What's the difference? Okay, so uh, whole food plant-based, as you've mentioned, is actually now the way to go globally with increasing evidence. So what it means is that it's 100% plant-based, which means no meat, seafood, eggs, and dairy. And it also avoids the processed foods, including mock meats. So for vegan diet, uh, it's similar in like the whole food plant-based diet in that it avoids uh, animal products, but it does allow for processed food. And then, uh, so as you mentioned, the next one about the plant-forward diet. So that one, uh, as we have talked about, uh, as, it, as you mentioned about being a step towards the whole food plant-based. So it's more about plant-based foods and minimal animal products with some milk and eggs for culinary purposes like binding. And the thing with this plant-forward is that it's an internationally recognized term. And it also parallels with Singapore's Healthier SG. Uh, such as the terms that you can, you might have heard of, of like uh, forward SG or age forward with uh, our current aging population. But what would it and, look uh, like, by the way, Sri? What would a whole food plant-based uh, diet look like versus a vegan diet or versus a flexitarian diet or something like that? Uh, okay, so what would it look like? So uh, it would be mostly, so as the name shows, whole foods. So if uh, maybe if you were to go and eat outside like at a hawker center, if you go to a vegetarian stall, so that would be considered like vegetarian food or it can also be vegan food if there's no eggs and dairy. But if uh, it is, if you're choosing mock meats, then that would be considered a vegan diet rather than whole food plant-based diet. So if you were to choose tofu in place of the mock meat, then that is more whole foods based. So it can fit into more of a whole food plant-based diet in that sense. Yeah. Is it adaptable, you think, to an Asian diet? Can we can we figure out a whole food plant-based uh, uh, diet in Singapore and Asia? Yeah, so in the Singapore context, it might be a bit difficult for most people who are used to eating the standard Singaporean diet, which is like uh, chicken rice, Hokkien mee, or nasi lemak, things like this, which tend to be quite uh, uh, based on not just carbohydrates, but also meat-based. 
But uh, so that's why we have this plan forward movement, which is something like an interim step towards uh, whole food plant-based diet, but it's not 100% cold turkey, as you mentioned just now. Yeah, so it's something that could be more doable and more adaptable for more of the population in that uh, we reduce the amount of meat and animal products that we are eating and also focusing more on the plant-based uh, sources of protein like the meat, uh, sorry, like the tofu, beans, uh, and more of the legumes and nuts and seeds, yeah. So you say really this WFPB is the way to go. It's an internationally recognized term mm -hmm. already, you say. It's in line with a lot of our healthier goals that we've set in Singapore. And that the way towards it, the path towards it, lies in the Plan Forward movement. Tell me more about the Plan Forward movement. What does that mean and how is it going to help us reach WFPB? Uh, okay, so Plan Forward, so uh, as we mentioned, is uh, minimal annual products with uh, some milk and eggs for culinary purposes. So it's uh, sort of like a stepping stone in a way that uh, because in Singapore, if you were to eat outside, uh, it can be challenging to find some whole food plant-based options at like hawker centers. Uh, maybe one of the more frequently seen options would be lei cha, which is tandoor tea rice. But that for some people can be quite an acquired taste. And uh, I love it. I can do that. Oh, you love it? I okay. love <laughs> but anyway, moving okay, on. Okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, one thing good about uh, being in Singapore is that uh, soy and uh, tofu and non-meat protein choices are readily available. So it makes it easier to make a switch from, let's say, if you were to go to the economic rice stall, instead of choosing a meat or fish, that day you can choose some uh, tofu instead. So that's an easier way for us Singaporeans who might be thinking of going for a plant-forward diet. What's a whole food specifically? Okay, so whole food means uh, minimally processed. So if you were to think of, let's say, corn. So corn in its original form is unprocessed food. Then uh, there are various stages of processing that can occur in uh, in food. So let's say corn, once you process it and make it canned corn, so that's a, a step of processing, which is still slightly minimal. So uh, the nutrients are not that lost from the corn. Then the next step, you might think of it maybe as popcorn. So popcorn is still whole corn that you process to make it pop. Then the next step, if you are thinking of maybe like uh, corn chips, so corn chips would be what is considered heavily processed. Ah. So this is something that is not that nutritious, doesn't really retain the nutrition of uh, fresh corn. So uh, we want to avoid the heavily processed things like corn chips and move towards more of the fresh corn sort of uh, unprocessed food. Eat it in its original form, more or less. Yeah, in its original form, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so uh, things like corn, uh, canned corn, Maybe canned corn, you can uh, compare it to like tofu when uh, beans are processed in the tofu. So those are still things that we can eat within a whole food plant-based diet. Hmm. Serene, is there really evidence that if somebody was to adopt a more WFPB lifestyle and diet that could really help fight chronic disease and even increase our longevity? Yes, definitely. There's a lot of evidence in this area increasingly more so uh, as the years go by. Uh, so 
even for even by reducing your meat intake for one day a week, there's already quite a bit of benefit for reducing a risk of chronic disease. So, yeah. That, so even, it doesn't have to be a whole change to your, you don't have mm. to go pure vegan, you don't have to go pure uh, meatless. Just changing that one or two days can yield health benefits like such yes, as? definitely. Yeah, so such as uh, reducing a risk for uh, chronic diseases like uh, diabetes, uh, hypertension, uh, high blood cholesterol, things like this. And so that's a movement that you can call Meatless Monday where quite a few people they who have signed up for it, they uh, go without meat for on Monday, which is like one day a week. So that's something that they feel is sustainable for them and easier for them to start with at least for uh, for as a transitional step towards eating more meatless meals. Actually, you guys have done that in your hospital, uh, haven't you? Like yes, even that's in, right. In yeah. the hawker center, they, uh, in the food court, y'all mm. don't serve food that have meat on Mondays or there's a whole food substitution, is uh, it? So at uh, KTPH, so actually our department has started to promote uh, Meatless Monday in 2017 within the hospital. Then uh, in 2018, we started to promote it uh, in the community and also in our hospital menu. So it's not a 100% plant-based menu, but there is the option of a meatless meal at each meal. Yeah. Got to make it easier at the mm. end of the day. And you guys even mm. tried to walk the talk, right? I mean, when it comes to this mm. idea of the whole food plant-based challenge, I understand that some of your staff even participated in a in a 21-day trial to do it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So did you do it? happened this year. Uh, not me, but <laughs> uh, many of my colleagues did that. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, under Tsuti organization. It was a 21-day whole food plant-based challenge. And uh, our staff did that to learn how to engage others towards a more healthful diet. And that's because we are also planning towards a plant-forward hospital menu. So we need we are engaging our chefs to transform our current vegetarian diet, which does have some mock meat, into more of a whole food plant-based diet, which is something that we can recommend to everyone. So that begs my next question, which is, who is this for? Who is this this... Hmm plant forward movement or WFPB diet for at the end of the day? Is this for people that have chronic health issues already? Mm. Is this okay for an older person? Is this okay for a younger person? Ah, so this is for basically for everyone from the young to the old. Everyone can benefit from a plant forward and whole food plant-based diet. But uh, you don't need to take note of some special considerations. So for the short term, there will be no issues as long as you are having a balanced diet. So make sure that it's well balanced. If you have any issues uh, that or concerns, you can contact your dietitian or let your doctor know. But uh, there are some risks of not getting enough of vitamin B12, which is mostly found in meat and animal products. Yeah. So for this, uh, you might need a vitamin B12 supplement if you are uh, if your diet is insufficient in B12. But can we make up for vitamin B12 with non-meat-based whole food mm. substitutions? Okay, so there are some uh, vitamin B12 fortified foods, such as oat milk, which is quite popular nowadays. So uh, there's also ways to get sufficient vitamin B12 from fortified foods alone. But just need to check, maybe occasionally go for a check with your doctor if you're on 100% whole food plant-based diet. So to make sure that you're not deficient in them. 
and then we also want to talk about things like muscle mass and and worries mm. about sarcopenia because that's what we, I've I've talked to many other specialists and it's always about you know oh because as persons get old maybe they're eating less meat because they mm. don't want to spend money on it or they can't chew it anymore and then the B12 deficiency starts happening could that happen with a WFPB diet? Uh, so definitely it's important to focus on the protein source that you are taking on a whole food plant-based diet because once you support the meat, the fish, the eggs, which are good quality sources of protein, you need to substitute it with something with sufficient protein like uh, whether it's tofu, beans, but also in the adequate amounts of quant adequate quantities because then the whole food plant-based options tend to be quite uh, higher in water content, higher in volume, for example. Let's say comparing tofu to a firm bean curd, or you can call it tau kwa. So tofu with more water content. So to meet the same quantity of uh, protein as let's say about uh, a palm size of meat, then you will need roughly about those one more than one block of those plastic blocks of the silken tofu that you can find at the supermarket. So it might not be equivalent in volume, but need to make sure that you're getting sufficient quantities of the protein. Yeah. We, we can't use the the the, the, plate, the fist size. Uh, huh? The fist sized uh, guide in terms of uh, so the, instead of the meat, we put fist size amount of the whole plant. Uh, yeah, so it could be you might need to substitute it with a larger volume of the whole food as in the plant, the plant proteins, because uh, they tend to be higher in volume, higher in fiber also, which can make it a bit more filling for you. Yeah. So, Sarit, what does it feel like when you switch over legumes, beans, mm -hmm. all these kind of things? I mean, you I mean, it sounds like it could lead to some gassy problems or bloating issues as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, actually, it's quite normal to feel some gassiness or bloating initially when you transition over from a meat based diet to more of a plant based diet. So, definitely need to slowly increase the fiber in your diet so that your digestive system gets used to it and also making sure to drink sufficient water to prevent constipation. And for things like beans and legumes, they can be quite uh, gas-inducing. So um, if you're cooking it for yourself, try to soak them overnight so to remove some of the starches that produces the gas. And you can also choose more of like things like uh, tofu, tau kwa, tempeh, which tends to be uh, less gas-inducing, you could say, because they have already been uh, processed slightly. And also making sure to chew your food uh, properly, which to reduce the indigestion. Okay, so don't forget if you're uh, <clears throat> indulging a little bit in those beans. I mean, those are things that you have to adapt to and find what works for you as well. But I like the idea of how this plant-forward um, whole food approach could actually be something quite easily instituted. So why not try it once? or twice a week, replacing your animal products and focusing on protein intake with things like beans and nuts, as you just heard Serene describe, and look at the change that that could have on your health. So some of the replacement options could be tofu, uh, some of the eggs as well, and uh, obviously the beans and the legumes that you heard Serene mention. Serene Tan, dietitian out of Kutekpot Hospital, helping us understand whether or not this, this, this plant-forward diet could be the easier approach towards building that healthier lifestyle it's already an internationally approved standard that has been recognized and we have seen the evidence in terms of how these small steps and changes can really add up in terms of measurable health outcomes. This has been Health Matters. Download podcasts right now on our podcast page. Just head on over to cna.asia slash listen or search for Health Matters CNA on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I'm Daniel Martin. 
Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.